This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. April 13th, 2021, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who, unlike Stephen A. Smith of ESPN, Never has reason to apologize to Brigham Young University. His name is Jerem Jordan. Yesterday on First Take, uh, Stephen A. Smith was talking about uh, Zach Wilson. He actually called him Luke Wilson. That's happened before. Uh, Colin Cowherd's done that as well. All good. But, uh, yeah, question the schedule. Not necessarily. He's not necessarily sold. Are you sold on Zach Wilson was the question they were discussing. But he, but he did say the name of the university in just uh, Stephen A. Smith amazing way. Brigham Young University. <laughs> that will be a drop, as they say in the radio biz. Brigham uh, Young University. On the, yeah, just a lot of screaming and yelling and stuff. Do you buy the New York bias there, though? I just, I don't know. I don't know. Will he's the, not a Jets fan. No. So he's a Cowboys fan. He's a, Yeah, he's a yeah. Knicks fan, though, so that should tell you everything you need to know about him. <laughs> Here's your show lineup. Brand new win-loss totals projected for Brigham Young University football in 2021. How many games does ESPN's football power index say BYU should win? Another BYU national champion will join us live to discuss the real dynasty on campus, plus which prominent media member doesn't want Zach Wilson in any sort of New York chaos. Top 5 Tuesday will prepare us for the NCAA Women's Volleyball Tournament and Riley Jensen of BYU Softball on the key to a 10th straight win tonight. Here are today's BYUSN headlines. ESPN's 2021 Football Power Index is out. BYU 63rd predicted to win 7.3 games. Much more on season expectations opponent rankings coming up in what's BYU softball, we just referenced back in action tonight. Seven Eastern, five Mountain. That game moved up an hour in pursuit of the 10th straight win. Idaho State University visiting Gail Miller Field. No fans in attendance tonight on the softball side because the baseball game is sold out on the other side. Simultaneous games happening. However, 250 fans will be allowed to attend Wednesday and Thursday for softball. Again, the game will be broadcast tonight on BYU TV's app. There's no fan... Like two weeks ago, they did a simultaneous game with fans on both. I don't, I don't understand. Okay, baseball hosts Utah tonight, eight Eastern on the BYU TV app. Cougars lost both meetings earlier in the season. They'll meet eight uh, May 18th as well. Big game for BYU. We'll talk about it a little bit later. BYU men's volleyball remains number two in the latest ABCA coaches poll. The Cougars chasing down number one Hawaii. Yeah, yes, they are. Uh, they have a bye week uh, this week, and then uh, MPSF tournament next week in Provo. Heather Olmstead is the ABCA Pacific South Region Coach of the Year. Also, the Cougars landed in Omaha yesterday for the NCAA Tournament second-round matchup against the winner of Ryder and UCLA in the first round. It'll be Thursday night, 10.30 Eastern on ESPN3. Some basketball news this morning. Whack Hoops Digest reporting that former BYU basketball guard forward Connor Harding is transferring to Utah Valley University. So he becomes the latest Cougar to make the five-minute trip 
into Orem to play basketball for the Wolverines and Mark Madsen. Yeah, it's always UVU versus the field for the transfers. So there, there you go. Good to have Connor nearby. That means Paisley is still on the team at BYU. There was some question like, would he just go by himself somewhere else? Or what, like, what's the deal? Track and field rankings. The men go to two from one behind LSU. The women are ninth. Teams are in action at the Idaho State Invite this weekend. I'm guessing inside Holt Arena or do they do it outside? I'm not sure. How about golf on both the men's and women's side for BYU? We'll start with the men. Carson Lundell is third in the individual competition at the Western Intercollegiate. He's one stroke off the lead at two under par. The team is is currently tied for fifth with San Jose State. BYU women's golf in the second day of the Lone Star Invite. They are currently tied for fourth. Alicia Mamateo is 12th in the individual competition. And women's soccer news. This just in. Cameron Tucker is named the West Coast Conference Offensive Player of the Week for a second straight week. She has eight game-winning goals. That's incredible. And at one point, she was in a slump. Those are her words. I think she's scored in five straight games or something now. She's taken over from Michaela Coulihan. Who scored in nine straight games. Yeah, and yeah. then now Cameron's like, hey, can I have a streak? Michaela took a game up. It's fine. <laughs> She's setting up everybody. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. ESPN's Football Power Index has arrived for the 2021 college football offseason, complete with rankings of every Division I team, projected win-loss totals for every team and specifically where BYU stacks up against the seven power five teams they play in the approaching campaign. I wish it was 12, but yeah. Let's explore it all, Jerem. BYU in at number 63 overall. How do you feel about the overall ranking? Probably fair. Uh, You know, BYU lost some notable pieces. Uh, What if I told you BYU lost a top five quarterback in college football, perhaps the second best quarterback or third? Um, and you, uh, first team all American left tackle, uh, members of the uh, mm-hmm. defense that were key and nose tackle who is uh, a draftable figure. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it makes sense to me. I think 63 is probably a fair number. Uh, I, I would love for BYU to be top 40 every year. Um, but a lot of this is based on returning whatnot. So BYU can certainly overcome 63rd, but to be top 40 to me, you probably need to win, uh, eight or nine games. And think about that, 40 teams out of 130, that's not bad. I know that we put a lot of cloud into the top 25. Like, being a top 40 team on a consistent basis is a really good metric. Top 25 is too hard, given what BYU is doing with the schedule. It's just not going to happen very often. Um, What happened last year? There were no Power Fives on the schedule. I've won the war on the schedule. I have, with pre-pandemic. But then when the pandemic blew it up, it's like, all right, I'm going to... If BYU can't win against this schedule, they have bigger problems. No, no, no. BYU dominated. It was awesome um, to watch. 11-1 and and a top 15 finish. So for those clamoring that you haven't won the war, let's say BYU wins nine games against this Power 5 heavy schedule, then... Keep doing it then. Okay. Well, couldn't you say that then BYU would have to show some consistency against a weaker schedule for you to win? I don't know. Like, no, no. You're talking about one season, right? No, I'm talking about 10 seasons. Um, of, okay, now BYU has seven power fives. If BYU wins nine, that's awesome, man. That's great, especially given what BYU lost. Um, yeah, and the FPI predicts 7.3 wins. So Cougar stats shed some light on, okay, the number of power fives in a season, how many wins does BYU mm-hmm, average? Mm-hmm. You ready for this? Seven is 6.8. So half, exactly half a loss less than FPI uh, is saying. So FPI is actually 
uh, specific to this season, right? Cougar stats giving you general number, but um, it's it's hard to win against good competition. Now, looking at the schedule, it's nice. Like, there's not a world beater on the schedule. USC is the number one team uh, in FPI at 26. But obviously, these numbers will change. BYU will change. Everyone changes. No uh, top 25 teams on the schedule. As of now, right. Um, and Boise State's like 78th? What? I don't believe that Boise State is going to be 78th when the season ends in FBI. Like, they're, they'll win at least, you know, nine games in the Mountain West or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. The point is... BYU's not going to have a season that matters when there are too many Power Fives. That's, that's my concern with this. So this year, it's like, all right, can BYU overachieve? Overachieve this year is getting to eight wins. Seven, so 6.8 historically from Cougar stats when it's generically seven Power Fives on the schedule. And again, there might be eight if they play one in the, the bowl game. Um, and then FPI saying 7.3 wins. Overachieve would be 8+. plus. I will take an 8-win season against this schedule. Absolutely. It's relatively good. It's not actually good. Like, no one nationally is going to be like, dude, did you see BYU's 8-win season? No one cares if you don't win double digits. And it's going to be tough to do that this season against the schedule. BYU is given an 88% chance to become bowl eligible, to win six games or more. We're all in consensus, I think, for the most part, that BYU is going to be a bowl eligible team this year. If yeah, and I, I don't know that I'll ever go into a season expecting BYU not to make a bowl game. Right? This program's too good to not make a bowl game. And again, making a bowl game's not hard. Even with the seven Power it's Fives, because BYU hard. traditionally wins 40% of the Power Five games, so... You're going to go three and four is kind of the expectation. Two and five or three yeah. and four, and then beat the rest, get to, at worst, well, six wins. And yeah, beat the rest, like, eh, throw in a loss there to a G5. Just throw one in, right? Chance is not going to go five and zero oh against the other G5s. So looking at the 7.3 wins projected yeah. and going through all of the ESPN numbers. I can't numbers. get excited about seven wins. Okay. It's hard, well, right? yeah, it's, it's hard to get excited yeah. about going seven and five, especially coming off campaign when you went 11 and one and you were ranked number 11 to yeah. finish the season. You were ranked for the that. first time yeah. in the final AP poll in 12 years. Yeah, it was, it, no, it was awesome. It was man. phenomenal. Because BYU had to do that. That's what BYU had to do. BYU finally had a season where the schedule was super manageable and look what happened. So does the 7.3 wins number change your expectation at all for what you already had in mind no. before you saw these numbers? I was calling 7 and 5 before. I, I think that's kind of where we start. Obviously, this can change. Like, what if BYU actually takes that step forward that we've been hoping for for a while? Because BYU, you are what you are until you're not. And right now, against this amount of Power 5 schedule, which, by the way, if BYU played in some P5s, some P5s do nine conference games, some do eight. This is close to a Power 5 schedule. It's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. And it's not about the individual teams. It's about the whole slate and what it takes to get through that, in, you know, mostly injury-free, game plan, athletically, on the road, scattered throughout the whole season, by the way, which is kind of fun that we have a relevant game totally in week 12, uh, game 12, rather, of the season. That, that's going to be fun. But winning is more fun than a schedule. And that's been my issue kind of with, with Independence a little bit is I think we, ske- we celebrate the schedule more than the actual games. The winning matters more than the schedule. I'm looking at not just who BYU is playing, but where and when they are playing. And we've discussed this ad nauseum. Let's discuss um, it more, okay? man. It's only April. We so have let's, time. Let's dive into it. Yeah. Because there are seven power fives, but the way that they shake out and 
BYU playing majority of them in Provo, I think, bumps the Cougars up to eight wins. Also, I feel like for the first time in the Kalani Satake era, BYU has, and I hate to use this word, but I'm going to use it, legitimate depth at several key positions. Even though they lost the all-world performer in Zach Wilson. It's been a long time. I feel like they finally have legitimate depth that if some of these key players get injured, it's not going to be a season backbreaker, including the quarterback. Like, right, if one right. of the quarterbacks gets hurt, I'm like, hey, throw in somebody else because they have experience. And I don't think that they, the moment will be too big for whether it's Jacob Conover or Baylor Romney or Jaron Hall. So there's depth there, and I feel good about BYU getting to eight wins. Also, Arizona, I think BYU has a great shot to win. I like that BYU plays oh, Utah If we walk in through Provo. all of these, I, like BYU, I think that BYU could win every game on the yes. schedule. But BYU is going to lose four or five of these. See, and I don't think that they have more than four losses on that schedule because of the balance that is, is there that has not really so the been there in the one past. More win. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I would love that. That'd be great. You know, it'd be even better. Nine, like nine would be way overachieving to me. 10 feels like a pipe dream given that there's well, seven. I, power just, fives. just listen yeah. to the names. Puka Nakua, Samson Nakua, hopefully Puka Isaac can play Isaac Rex, Tyler Algier, Lopini Katoa, the three quarterbacks I just let listed. You got your starting center, James Empey back. You have experience on the offensive line. Like I feel like the offense alone. I'm not worried about the offense. Is good enough to win eight games. They can outscore eight of those teams. Hopefully. The defense, uh, certainly there are people who need to emerge and we need to see it. Because in the secondary, BYU lose three of the four starters. Okay, but what, what about experience, though? I mean, you have Isaiah Heron, you have D'Angelo Mandel, you bring back Chaz Ayu, it's Hayden the, Livingston, yeah, Easy Capisi. Like, all these guys have played. Capisi's not played a ton. Livingston was hurt a little. Like, they have more to prove, right? Um, yeah, you're replacing some guys who were. BYU had some seniors that mattered, right? Sure. Last year. Sure. Chris Wilcox and Troy Warner and, and, and those guys. Like, that was a good group, right? Um, I, I don't doubt they can play well, but. To what end, you know? Because if, if it's like an eight-win regular season, it's like, what's – and again, I ask the question, what's the point of that? What's the point of an eight-win season? The point is to get to ten every couple years, right? And it, and maybe as a BYU fan, you just love this. You're like, I love the challenge of these games. I don't really care about, like, what the record is at the end. Then I would say, wait, you don't care what the record is at the end? That's the point of the season. So for BYU to be in the relevance conversation halfway through the season – at worst, they've got to be 4-2 and two going into the Baylor game. Yes, and I've never questioned BYU's ability to be relevant at some point in the season. It's at the end. So if BYU the end can, matters the most. we think, beat Arizona, who's going yeah. through a ton of turmoil, BYU, another coaching change. Listen, like BYU beats Arizona BYU beats in the first Arizona. game. That's what happens. Yeah. Okay? And then somehow get off the schneid against Utah and be 2-0. and Come on, baby! Then there's that early season relevance. Oh, BYU's back. They're 2-0. They just beat two Power 5 teams in the Pac-12, and they got Arizona State coming to 10. BYU will be insufferable. Insufferable. I know. I know. 2-0, which will be insufferable. Let's be honest. South Florida, Utah <laughs> State, Boise State after that. I, yeah, I look at that, I'm totally like, okay, manageable. win, win. Yeah. And if Boise State's coming to Provo as the 78th, even the 58th best team in America, I'm thinking, okay, I like BYU's chances well, in that game a lot. even the 14th? Okay. Two years ago? Even the 14th? Yes. So, Baylor-Romney beat Boise State. Baylor, Ro- Start no matter- Baylor-Romney against no, Boise no, State. No matter what. <laughs> yes. Jared's playing lights out. Heisman candidate. <laughs> Mental game. Like- they got a new head coach, too. Yes, they did. And I think the football power index is taking that into consideration. Like, there's turnover. It's just weird. Right. Okay? Let, listen, so, but five- BYU's not going to go 5 and 
Not five and one. Five and one is five ambitious. and one would yeah. be. I'm just saying yeah. relevance. Like four and two, yeah, yeah. you're still kind of in the conversation kind of. going to Baylor. Five yeah. and one, you're relevant. Yes, four and two, not so much. Yeah, a two loss non-power five at the midway point isn't a big deal. How about if BYU just gets to the end of the season and the Cougars are eight and three, taking on USC? That'd be fun. I, to me, that's like the most ideal, realistic possibility. Eight and three. Going to USC for a chance at nine regular season wins. Why'd you skip Idaho State live on UAT? <laughs> well, they don't have a number from the football power index. That's they haven't they haven't gone to the FCS level. <laughs> What's up, FBI? We, Come on. We need our boy uh, Phil Steele to give us the insight into the FCS teams. He does, actually. Yes, he does. <laughs> I know. I know. But I, I like... Eight and four. I think that's a realistic goal. Okay, here, our voice of the nation now. We want to know what you all think about ESPN's football power index projecting BYU to win 7.3 games this season. Yay! Do you believe the Cougars will win more or less than that number and why? Let's go to voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. Matt Detweiler in on Twitter. I think this team will win eight to nine games. The national media sees Zach Wilson leave and expects a major regression. I think the talent BYU brings back, as well as their additions in the portal, is being significantly undervalued. And again, my issue is not with BYU in the schedule conversation. It's with the other teams. It is. Like, if BYU played in the Mountain West, we'd be saying, oh, can BYU win 10 games this year? That's what we would say. It's a more fun preseason conversation. Instead of seven or eight? Yeah. Again, not all power fives are created equal, and we've talked about that, but there's still something to playing several power fives in a schedule. Yes, there is. Coming up, does Stephen A. Smith's opinion on Zach Wilson have any merit? Brigham Young University. And the latest BYU national champion. You know, because that's something that BYU's been doing this spring. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Softball tonight. Get ready. 7 Eastern, Hannah Joe Peterson and the Cougs host Idaho State an hour earlier than uh, previously uh, mentioned. So not 8, but 7 Eastern on the BYU TF. one nine in a row. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is one of the most recent national champions at BYU. She is the team captain of the always talented and wonderful Cougarettes. Her name is Abby Arnett. Abby, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You bet. 20 total national titles for the Cougarettes. So is it safe to call this a dynasty now? Have we reached that point? (laughs) I mean, we talk a lot about a Cougarette legacy, and it is kind of a lot to live up to. So some might argue that, yeah. Uh, there's no argument. It just is. Okay? <laughs> it is. Um, it is. <laughs> I, I think when you guys got to, like, six, uh, it probably was that. Um, so tell us about this particular competition at Nationals in Daytona Beach where you guys again win the hip-hop competition. What did it take to win, and uh, how did you guys uh, pull off the performance you did again? Yeah, so – kind of intense competition we didn't have as many schools there as we usually do but still the same competition um 
we competed in both jazz and hip hop. So tough competition. We took the second place trophy home in jazz, which we are proud of. And then the hip hop trophy we're obviously very proud of. Um, but it was fun. I think the one bummer was that there were not as many crowds. Sure. And, you know, that uh, definitely adds to the energy of it all. Certainly you've been feeling that much of this season based on no fans or limited fans in the stands. So how do you create the energy that you need to go out and perform at a high level when there aren't the usual crowds that you're used to performing for? I think it came from just the team unity. We, as you all know, have had very limited performances and nationals was kind of questionable up until a few months before we weren't sure if we were able to go. So I think being able to just be there made us hyped and we were ready to go. Yeah. And and we've talked about that throughout the athletic department was the challenge of, you know, unique practice circumstances, COVID testing, the whole deal, travel and different restrictions in different areas across the country and the competition. So how, how often could you guys practice and, and prepare for this one compared to what's normal? Yeah, so we were lucky. We still got our normal practice times. We just, the things that we didn't get, we didn't have in-person choreographers at all, which we normally do. They normally come twice a year. So that was a bit of a challenge. We did it all over Zoom. And once this pandemic is over, I'm never touching Zoom again. (laughs) (laughs) And here we are. I don't know. With you over Zoom. (laughs) Right. Right. Abby Arnett with us on BYU Sports Nation. For the record, we can't wait to have uh, you and all the athletes uh, back in studio be with us. Holy cow. So we we feel you there with some frustration. Uh, You're talking about the COVID parameters and just how challenging and difficult everything has been. Does that make this national championship maybe a little bit more special? If so, why? It definitely does. We, every year on Cougars have a theme that kind of summarizes our year. And this year we chose resilience as our theme and taking home a national title was kind of the cherry on top. So I think it shows that we were resilient and like any other team, we bounced back and fought even harder to get the win. Who's the uh, next closest competition? Who's like the rival in, uh, you know, hip hop against the Cougarettes? Louisville. Mm-hmm. It's been that way forever, hasn't it? Yep, the Ladybirds. Okay. okay. Oh, the okay. Ladybirds. Like, do you guys talk with them? Are you friendly? Are you not friendly? We try. I say hello, good luck. It's not necessarily reciprocated. <laughs> okay. Hey, okay. that's a compliment because you've dominated them for so long. Are, are, do, like, did they win? Who won in jazz? Is there, like, did they win in jazz? Does it go back and forth? No, luckily. Texas Tech won in jazz, which we're still a little bit mad about, but mm. okay. they're a good team. Okay. Uh, okay, let's talk about hip-hop specifically, too, because... I think that the perception of BYU and frankly, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is like when you guys show up, you guys just smash preconceived notions about who BYU is and what BYU is. Right. It's like, whoa, 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 they can dance. And if people have paid attention, obviously you guys and what you've done for years, the videos you've collaborated with Cosmo that have gone viral. I feel like you guys do a lot for the PR of not only the church, but BYU. How do you feel about it? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely helps our competitive edge. We kind of go into competitions with a little bit of a chip on our shoulder, like, yeah, 
we're Mormon girls that can dance. So it's fun that way. Absolutely. And we're seeing some of the highlights now. Just incredible, incredible performance uh, in Daytona Beach. How much training is required before the dance is ready for nationals? So typically we learn the hip hop dance in January-ish. And it was kind of pushed back because our choreographer was supposed to come in and then we had a girl get COVID. So we ended up doing it over Zoom late January and then clean it, perfect it, get it ready come April. Tell us about what it takes to be the captain of this group. Um, Every team needs a captain. That includes Cougarettes. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's, I mean, it's a good time. I like the connection with the coaches and the team, you get kind of an inside look and you get a lot of different perks from it, I guess. So the captain of, you know, the football or the basketball team or whatever, there's like a coin toss or you meet the other team before uh, kind of deal. So what, what are your, what's your role on like uh, the day you dance uh, that would be similar, if anything? I'm the hype girl. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, so give us a sense of, you know, what you're doing before you guys go out and perform. You're the, you're the voice of the motivation right before? Yeah, usually we have a warm-up, and then they, this year was kind of weird. We warmed up, and then they took us to a different location to perform. And so we while we were on deck, I kind of was the hype girl, tried to circle everyone up and get everyone ready to go. Are there, is that like a certain message that you had prepared or is it in the moment? <laughs> it's in the moment, usually whatever I'm yeah. feeling. Nice. Well, Abby, I mean, you're very even keel, very calm right now. So you being the hype person is, is entertaining for us. Does this involve like a lot of volume and screaming in each other's faces? No, I mean, I'm kind of have a hoarse voice because I have yelled a lot. But... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I normally don't lose my voice, so maybe that's your answer. Oh, I hey, love Abby, it so excited. much. A- Abby, I want a demonstration here. So you- you're with us in the hallway. We're about to do the show. You know, it's right before 10 a.m. What's, like, a simple message you would give us to, like, get us to perform well? Um, I would normally start – I'm big on mental toughness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I would normally start with – something along the lines of you know what to do we practiced it and one of our goals on the team was just to go out on the floor and do what we've practiced and not let any outside factors inhibit that i love it so i hide people up tell them that they know they're good and just to go kill it so i should turn off tweet deck then in twitter i should close that. (laughs) don't look at social media (laughs) right now (laughs) at some point Dr. Craig Manning, who is an incredible mental health coach, is not going to be doing this, Abby. So if you want to hop in on that train, maybe you should talk to Dr. Manning. How do you feel about that? I mean, he's talked to us a couple times, and a lot of our stuff that we use is from him. So we're lucky to have him. We would be remiss not to ask the final question, which is this. Who made who? The Cougarettes or Cosmo? (laughs) Ooh, that's a good question, and I have never thought of that before. I feel like Cosmo gets the hype on this one. Okay. We love it. It's awesome. See, that's the mark of a true captain, isn't it, Jerem? Like, yes. Just pump, pumping yep. uh, yes. the others. Yep. Like, yeah. Yep. Lifting others, leading, I mean, motivating. 
we gave him the moves. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> there it is. He has yes, that's extreme yes. ownership right there. Yeah. I love it. No, and and that's honestly that's a special relationship, right? Like what you guys have been able to do together has been pretty awesome. And let let's be honest, Buick goes viral every year for something. The most predictable thing is a Cosmo dance with you guys. We love it. Abby, congratulations again. Uh, 20th national championship. The dance was remarkable. We're so glad that you're back safely with the hardware. Best of luck at finals. In fact, uh, we give out BYU Sports Nation karma, typically to athletes that come on the show that are still competing. You're done. You won the championship, so take the karma and use it for finals now. I will take it. All four of my finals could use a little bit of good luck. Let's go. Abby, thanks for the time. Thank you. She is the captain of the Cougarettes, Abby Arnett, on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Most dominant program on campus. Her last Zoom interview ever. (laughs) I think we're still using Zoom instead of the old phone call later, you know? Maybe not with I don't Abby. blame her. I'm never touching Zoom again. Uh, I, I don't blame the students, man. They're oh, my goodness. Everyone's life. Jeez. Okay, coming up, BYU softball's best player, Riley Jensen, joins the show on a game day. And does Stephen A. Smith's opinion of Zach Wilson or, or Luke Wilson or Owen or Owen Wilson have any merit? We'll discuss on BYU Sports Nation next. Or Woodrow Wilson. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Mitch McIntyre and the BYU baseball team host Utah, that team up north, today in a rivalry game at Miller Park, 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app. This is a big game, Spence, which we'll talk about in a sec with Utah because we already lost two. It's Utah. Could be struggling a little bit. If BYU wins this, this would be a nice win. This is the week for BYU to figure out some solidarity in their lineup as they push for the back end of conference play. This this is the week. Non-conference week. This is the place. Let's go. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Colin Cowherd says he doesn't want Zach Wilson. And he did call him Zach to perform well in chaos because the Jets, Jets are chaotic enough. But it shouldn't be an attribute you look for in a quarterback. Does he have a point? Sure, he has a point. But part of the legacy of Zach Wilson at BYU has been his ability to excel when the play breaks down. That's just part of his game. So I think the Jets and other NFL executives are excited about Zach Wilson's ability to extend the play and just make weird throws with his what was called an obnoxiously strong arm by an ESPN reporter yesterday. That's part of who he is. So I'm excited to see what Zach does when the pocket breaks down and when the chaos ensues on the field. I feel like Colin's comments were more directed at the management and the inner workings of the team. Yeah, uh, there are places that get chaotic because uh, a great defensive end blows up a tackle or something, right? And that can't be controlled by Zach, so... Yes, he has a point, but yeah, you need to be good in chaos, too. So you're only good when it's comfortable? Come on, man. From Colin Cowherd to Stephen A. Smith, a little bit different football personalities and how they cover the sport. He said yesterday that he didn't watch Brigham Young University and Zach or Luke Wilson last last season. Does this disqualify him from any opinion of merit? No, he's Stephen A. Smith. He's a powerful voice with the mothership. Yeah, his, his opinion will carry weight whether BYU fans want it to or not. However, I do think it's a little bit of a lazy opinion because Stephen A. Smith 
when you go back and look at his track record, he didn't really watch Patrick Mahomes either at well, Texas Tech. Well, and national guys aren't scuba divers. They're water skiers. Yeah. They're surface level, yeah, right? Yeah. So, Typical. whatever. I mean, t- take it with a grain of salt because he doesn't know much about Zach Wilson. Many grains. So, if he has a strong opinion about Zach Wilson, then, it, yeah, it doesn't really carry that much weight because he didn't know much. Yeah. So, just take it for what it is. Yeah, general sports commentary. You're, just, you're not going to deep dive. You're just not gonna... Okay, in the locker room, the student-athlete building, the Players Experience Group is putting up Aaron Roderick and Kalani Sitake's game unis. Uh, one of these is a bib. If you could bring back one of these two for a one-time-only throwback, which one would you bring back? The throwback with the bibs would be hilarious. It would be awesome. <laughs> I, I would love that so much. Are they even so legal is one question I have. It's true because the NCAA was like, hey, you can't have, like, white you have dominating the front part like of your dark jersey. Blend in with the other team. So as fun as that would be and just, like, oh, bring back really funny memories – I still love the drop shadow on the royal blue. Yeah, I'm cool with that one. I That's want that uniform. Yes, 96. Yeah. Glory season. Like, I want the drop shadow on the royal blue uniform. Who doesn't like a good drop shadow in their Photoshop, you know? So fun. Yes, I, that, by hands down, like, I want Aaron Rodgers' jersey at some point in the future. It probably ain't happening soon, though, because we just rolled out, like, a bunch of other alternates. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> The Royal, the Navy, the All Royal, the All Navy. <laughs> Those helmets. You, you'll, have to, you'll have like, there'll be some weird combo of like, uh, Royal Helmet, Navy Uni. No! And then like, the old school white pants or something. No! Yeah, just no. And then no. Orange cleats. No. Brutal. And, and a reminder in the 40s, for one season, BYU had orange on the team. Unique, right? Throwback. Just because they did it doesn't mean they the, should do it again. But all the pictures are in black and white, so <laughs> do we really know can't this? can't really tell, yeah. Uh, I do like that Kalani's jersey says Fafita Satake on the back of it. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Okay, on to basketball. Wax Sports Digest reporting that Connor Harding is transferring to Utah Valley University. Are you in the least bit shocked about this news? If he wasn't married, maybe he goes further out in sure, a way, sure. but his wife Paisley is a superstar on the BYU women's basketball team, so obviously wanting to stay close, doesn't even have to move, so no, that's exciting for Connor. I, yep. I, I hope for the best for Connor. I like him. I'm happy for Connor. I feel like he'll have a great opportunity to help Utah Valley and Mark Madsen. I would love to see UVU at some point win the WAC and yep. get to the NCAA tournament for the first time ever. That would be so fun. Yeah, absolutely. Totally rooting for those guys. Connor Harding, what, what's going to happen with Colby Lee and yeah, some Colby, of the others? Colby Lafeson's over there. Colby Lafeson's already over there. We saw Jake Toulson Lays go over there. Yield. Yes. Over there. Yep. It's happened for a bunch of different guys. Yeah. Who was it? Uh, oh, Isaac man. Nielsen. Yeah, Isaac Nielsen. That's right. Isaac Nielsen made his way over there and actually came back and helped the Utah Valley beat BYU. Uh, yeah, why'd you have to bring that up? BYU versus Utah <laughs> baseball tonight. Is there added pressure to win this? Game? Yes, because Utah has won both games this season, and Utah's won five of the last six against BYU. BYU, traditionally, is just a better, more solid baseball program than Utah. So the fact that Utah has won five of the last six when BYU on paper is supposed to be the better team adds pressure to this game for sure. BYU yeah. needs to win this game at home. And the Cougars lost two or three against Portland last week, and that was disappointing. And BYU is playing close games. BYU is not really blowing out too many teams right now. Just just win. Just figure it out. I'd take a one-run uh, one win yeah. tonight. Like, However. Like, like, come on, man. Let's However. Go. The, Bat- the Batcats are too good to not at least – 
uh, you know, compete uh, at a little bit higher level. And I expect them to. Yeah, they've struggled with playing to their level of competition this season. That, that's been a concern on the mind of Mike Let's go play some staff. of the best teams in the country. Right? Let's hey. Go. Hey, they beat Texas, for crying out loud. One right. of the best teams Took in the country. One of the four. But lost to Dixie State and Utah twice. Let's go. I love that we just put Dixie and Utah in the same category. Well, I mean, when you look at the competition level, and this is me speaking, but based on conversations no, I've this had. this is me speaking. Go. Okay. Those are the two weakest teams that BYU's played all season. Ooh, all season. Yes. Wow. Quite the comment. Yes. Okay, more of that coming up tonight. Coming up, uh, the top five Tuesday in uh, highlights top plays from women's volleyball in the regular season. And Riley Jensen and BYU softball rolling. They're hoping for win number 10 in a row tonight. We're going to ask her what the key is to beating Idaho State. Baller alert! Don't sleep on Idaho State. Don't you dare. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYUSN right now, another national championship from the Cougarettes, plus career milestones, records, and a new MGSF champ watched on the BYUSN social media platform. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. It's time to welcome in guest number two on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. She is a star, and I mean that in every sense of the word for BYU softball, a big part of why the Cougars have won nine straight. Riley Jensen back with us. Riley, great to have you back on the show. How are you? Good, how are you? Thanks for having me. You bet. 200 runs scored in your career. That's a lot of running around the bases. Just out of curiosity, have you ever missed touching home plate, ever? I think I've been close a couple times, but that's a lot of runs. All right, 200, and you're still going. Uh, I mean, obviously, these are career milestones that you want to get into. Is somebody calling you right now? Who's calling you? Someone's, yeah. someone's calling you because you're on the show and you they're watching. It? You can answer it if you want. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. Hey, what's what's the next career milestone that you have uh, on the agenda? Um, honestly, just trying to make it past the regional. We're just trying to win games. I mean, if, if I score runs, that obviously helps. But I, we're just trying to win games at this point. And so far, so good. You guys won nine in a row. Kind of turn this thing around. What's been the key to uh, winning that many uh, in, in this streak? Yeah, we've definitely lost a lot of heartbreakers early. And it was really tough, you know? Like, I hate losing more than anything. But just sticking together and just staying on track with our goals and with what we want to accomplish. And finally, things are starting to come together, and I love it. Yeah, I was just mentioning to Jerem yesterday that this – softball teams finding new and creative ways to win. Uh, you're outscoring teams and, you know, sometimes shootouts. Uh, you won a game on Saturday by a final of one to nothing. What has this team learned about closing out games that you weren't doing so in, in February and March? Um, I think early in the season where we were just kind of content with, you know, scoring early and just kind of coasting, but we, that's one of our goals is to not coast and to finish games. And that has paid off for us, but it's, it's tough. It's tough to not get content when you're scoring runs and doing all the things you need to do early in the game, but finishing games has been a big key for us. You guys are super fun to watch. And uh, those that haven't watched BYU softball, you got to check out this team, especially the outfield. It's really fun with you in left and Violet Zavodnik, uh, outstanding <laughs> freshman in center and Hannah Joe Peterson. Feels like you guys are going to have a triple, a homer, a stolen base, throwing someone out at home. What's it like to play with that group in the outfield? 
Oh, I love those two to death. We have so much fun. You know, there's just, there's no pressure. We just have fun out there. We're dancing, we're singing. I just love it. We're just such a fun group that has just stuck together. And I mean, it's also a plus that we hit one, two, three in the lineup. So it just helps us stick together and kind of just be like the the engine of our team. You guys have a nickname or anything? Do we need to come up with that? No, we don't have one yet. Okay, we'll work on it. Yep, yep, we're on it. All right. We're on it. Riley Jensen with us on BYU Sports Nation. When you uh, try and pinpoint the strength of this team, maybe it is the outfield, maybe it's something grander, but what what would you say is the strength of the team overall? That's a hard one. I wouldn't say we have one specific strength. You know, some games our pitching is just keeping us in the game. Some games – our offense just exposed. Sometimes our defense just keeps us in the games. It just kind of depends on the day. That's that's probably the biggest strength is we're strong all around. So maybe balance then? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the home run chain. Yep. Uh, who came up with it? What, you know, what was the motivation behind it? Because that's super fun. Um, Martha, our third baseman, it's kind of just sat in her locker for a while. And then Wait, she, she just started, had a chain you know, sitting in her locker, and it started becoming a trend. And then last weekend, I hit a home run, and they were chanting, "Give her the chain, give her the chain." <laughs> and it was just super cool, like being able to wear it. It's just awesome. Wait, so, so Martha's just rocking a chain in her locker, and then you guys are like bring it up for the team. Well, I think she brought it for like that reason, but it kind of came out a couple times in our inner squad scrimmages in the fall when we couldn't like play against other teams. So, and it just came out at home games. Like we didn't really have it on the road until this last weekend. I love it. Cause I asked oh. coach Eakin about it. I was like, Hey, who started the home run chain? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He doesn't pay attention to that stuff. Martha Epinesa. Thank you for giving us the goodness That's of the home run awesome. chain. Uh, how much does playing just what is really shaped out to be a ridiculously hard February and March schedule help you at this point of the season um it just makes us better you know like I said we've lost a lot of tough games but we it just shows us that we can play with anybody and to be able to just get to play at home and not like have a let up on our schedule but not I don't want to say easier games because we've made a lot of games really hard games (laughs) but just to be able to just be at home and just believe in ourselves and build that chemistry from those tough games really helps a lot. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, beginning of the season, you have more weight on the bar, right? And then you have a little less perhaps, uh, but you still have goals for certain reps and, and want to win and score runs. So it, it, it makes sense. Yesterday I talked to uh, Gordon Eakin for getting ready for the broadcast. And he said that uh, you beat him in a little horse at the hotel over the weekend. Tell us about that interaction. <laughs> yeah, he, um, but you can, can shoot. It's, I, I was not expecting it, but we stayed at this cool hotel with like a full-size basketball court and basketball is my second sport. So I just had to bring out a little competitive nature to him. Okay. Was it close? Like what, what, what letter did uh, he get to? Yeah, we, uh, it was really close. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So we got to S maybe or something. Yeah. He got me on the little mid rangers, but I got him on the three pointers. Okay. Yeah, that's this generation, right? The Steph Curry generation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, and I also heard that pre-pandemic, you know, now eligibility is probably tough. There was some potential interest at looking at you on the women's basketball team, right? 
for a minute, yeah. Ooh, that that could have been fun. A little Kate, Caitlin Aldridge part two. Okay, where does that conversation stand now? Is that completely off the do you table? Have, do you have eligibility? Uh, I'm not even sure, but I'm graduating. So. <laughs> She's out of here. I'm done. Which, which, by the way, congratulations. That's next week, right? Yeah, finally. Okay, you have two finals you told us during the break. Um, what, what classes are those in? Oh, putting me on the spot. Uh, if you can't remember the name of the class, you don't deserve the best. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm in like two human development classes, so I think they're both for that one. Okay. Gotcha. Last semester, two classes. Well done, by the way. That's how you, that's how you got to do it. Yeah. So what's next? Uh, are you going to try and uh, play softball after college? Are you going to take the Libby Sug route? Or wh- what do you think's next in your future as an athlete? That's a very good question that I don't know the answer to. I'm just trying to finish strong with softball right now and just try to get us past that over the hump of the regional. So we're just taking a baby steps right now. Hey, well, when you lead the team in hits and runs, and doubles and home runs, batting average, I'd say that, that, that you're doing a pretty good job leading. Okay, and we got to finish with this, Riley. The Idaho girl versus Idaho State tonight. Um, IF versus Pocatello. Is there a rivalry between the two cities we need to know about? Um, I wouldn't say rivalry between the two cities, but I almost went there, so a victory tonight would be extra sweet. Okay, okay. You almost went to Idaho State and missed out on the opportunity to be on BYU Sports Nation. (laughs) I know. I know Sports Nation is a big deal, too. (laughs) (laughs) Don't sleep on Idaho State. Don't sleep on them. No. Riley, congratulations on everything you've accomplished thus far. We're excited to see where this team goes, and uh, good luck getting uh, what we hope is win number 10 in a row tonight. Thank you, guys. You got it. Riley Jensen on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. She she is the best at basically everything yeah. in every major offensive uh, category on this team. And what we didn't talk about that's always fun um, with her is, so her her parents have evolved and grown their farm. They have 14 acres now. And she told us during the break that her dad just planted potatoes and grain. So it's a big deal, yeah. right? She knows hard work. She's, uh, I think, the only girl in her family, if I read the Athletes Journal correct, last year. So she she grew up, uh, you know, playing sports a ton with her older brothers and, and has always wanted to play sports. So... Yeah, interesting dynamic. We found out she almost went to Idaho State. Um, now she's facing off against the Bengals tonight. Pocatello, of course, uh, always fun connections with BYU with Taysom Hill, Connor Harding, formerly now at Utah Valley, and uh, others. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of fun. The Idaho girl against uh, Idaho State. We're going to have to talk to Caitlin Aldridge, who's calling the game with you tonight. Yeah. And uh, Coach Judkins, just to see. There was some interest, I was told. Is there anything there? Yeah. Well, I don't know if she has eligibility, and she doesn't have interest. <laughs> oh, she does. <laughs> She's like, I'm graduating. <laughs> She's like, I've been here I'm over it. five years. I'm done. Yeah. Okay, coming up, who gets today's elite voice of the day? And a rise and shout out to one of the newest members of BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation is always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Time for Top 5 Tuesday presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing as we take a look back at the top five plays 
from the BYU women's volleyball regular season. NCAA tournament coming up Thursday. Let's go. Number five, March 31st versus Santa Clara. Whitney Bauer saves it off the net. Aaron Livingston gets the block to win the point. BYU would go on to get the sweep in the final game of the regular season. Bauer ends up being named the WCC Player of the Year. March 17th at San Diego for number four. Grace Wee will start things off with a great dig. Abby Dayton dives in for the pancake. Taylor Ballard-Nixon will finish off the point eventually. With the block, BYU wins the match in San Diego, three sets to one. This was a dynamite performance by BYU and a needed one in their pursuit of another conference title. Hopefully San Diego can get some lights in the gym next year. Number three, March 20th, home versus San Diego. Whitney Bauer, multiple diving saves to win the point, the first of which is into the scores table. Look at that Woo! hustle. Kate Grimmer and Leilani Dodson combined for the block to finish the point. The rally lasted 38 seconds. 38-second rally. Well, just wait. Holy hell. Slow-mo dive, baby. Yeah, Whitney. Great hustle. Number two, March 30th, Santa Clara. Watch Maddie Allen with just a silly dig to start. Then Whitney Bauer will get in on the defensive fun shortly thereafter, only to have Kate Grimmer finish things off with a big-time kill. BYU sweeping Santa Clara three sets to none. Holes featuring Shia LaBeouf and Maddie Allen. And the top play of the regular season for women's volleyball came February 4th at Utah Valley. This was number four in SportsCenter's top ten that night. Three straight diving digs from Maddie Allen. There's two. There's three. Scott Sterling-esque minus the shots to the face. Leilani Dotson finished it off with a kill. This ended up being, and before this, a 67-second rally. Incredible. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort on ESPN's projection of BYU to win 7.3 games. Puppy 23 on Twitter says, what do I believe? I believe Cosmo will always be the world's greatest mascot. Creamer chocolate milk will continue to reign as the supreme beverage of the universe, and BYU football will win every single game. Every single game. Right. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain American Credit Union. Brandon Davids. Davies becomes a father again. Congratulations to the fam. And yes, Corbin Kafusi gets engaged. Enzo Tui Davies, new member of BYUSN. Our thanks to today's guests, Abby Arnett and Riley Jensen. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Netta Leahy. We'll see you tonight for softball and baseball on the BYU TV app.